Well, today I want to talk to you about the magnetic life. Are you a magnet that's attracting or are you repelling? You see, as believers, we're supposed to attract people unto us. We're like a light on a, on a hillside that can be seen everywhere. We're like salt that makes the, everything taste better. We're supposed to be living a magnetic life, amen? You see, God inspires great possibilities in the life of his people. If you don't see great impossibilities in your life, step back and ask for a refilling of the Spirit of God in your life. Amen? Because you say, I want to see great things happen. I want to inspire great possibilities in my own life. And you cannot see what you do not seek. If you, if you want miracles in your life, you have to seek out miracles they don't just automatically roll into your life. You've got to seek out that which you want to see in your life. And the thing that I found out is that God expands our faith through the miraculous. When you begin to see God work in your life, your faith goes up. When you see God work in somebody else's life, your faith goes up. You go, well, wow, if God can do that for him, what could he do for me? Amen? You see, if you're going to see the miraculous, you must learn how to chase the miracles of God. You will need to burn for God and refuse to accept anything less than his glory. Make your life an offering unto the Lord so that everyone around you feels his presence. If you burn hot enough, people will come to see the blaze as it roars with a heavenly flame. Amen? You know, the resistance of 2020 created a new breed of believers who will not accept defeat. A new breed who longs for the presence of God a new breed who will do whatever it takes. We need to raise up more warriors for Christ and make no mistake about it, the warriors are in the house. And some of you, you're just coming into your, into your own. You're gonna begin to see the power of God like you've never seen it before. If you get a hungry heart, God is willing to fill that hungry heart. If you say, God, I wanna be a warrior, then God says, I'm gonna make you into a warrior. Because every man, every woman has a warrior heart for God. It just has to be released. It just has to be understood in your own life. You see, the kingdom of God, as we understand it, it does not bow to Washington, D.C., People say, what are we going to do about the speaker resigning? I don't really care. They weren't doing anything before. I don't know if you know this, but God says, what kind of house can you make for me? He said, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. People say, well, I, what are we going to do about all the turmoil in the world? There's always been turmoil. But remember, is your turmoil bigger than your God? you got to have God bigger than your turmoil, and you got to see God in everything he does. You see, the kingdom of God does not bow to Hollywood. People say, well, that, this celebrity endorsed this and said that and criticized that. Really, who cares? They're living a life of debauchery and sin and sadness. They can't even figure out who they're married to from week to week. And they're trying to be the, the spokespeople for America. Give me a break. That gives me a pain I can't locate. The kingdom of God does not bow to money, power, prestige, or social status. It doesn't matter what your zip code is. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is bigger than all of those things. The kingdom of God does not bow to Disney or Target or any other corporate giant. 
They found out how, start, how smart they were when we said, well, we just won't go there anymore. And they lose billions and billions of dollars because we said, no, enough is enough. Can you say enough is enough? The kingdom of God is the manifest reign of God that yields to no one. It does not bow to principalities or powers or unseen forces of darkness. It does not yield to politicians or Wall Street. It does not compromise with evil. It does not embrace wokeness, gender fluidity, or cultural Marxism. The kingdom of God is greater than all of those things. There is only one Lord, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and we serve him. Can you give him glory right now? Put your hands together. The kingdom of God calls upon us to repent and seek the Lord, to put away our idols and our pride and receive a mighty baptism of the Spirit of God. You see, to experience the miraculous, you need to press into the presence of God and you need to give God everything you got and and he's gonna give you everything he's got. The beautiful thing about it is God has no respect of persons. If you saw God work in somebody else's life, God will work in in your life the same way. You say, but I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Who does? I'm clueless half the time, amen? I just say, God, I don't know what to do. Would you feel me? Would you speak to me? Would you give me a message? Would you, do? you just gotta be a dependent person. You see, the stronger you are, the weaker you are. The weaker you are, the stronger you are. Because it's, it's not by you, it's by him. See, his grace is sufficient in all things in your life. Can you say Amen. You see, to to experience that miraculous, press in. If you look at the life of Jesus, he attracted people from all walks of life. He attracted friends and enemies, the broken and the proud. They were attracted to the power of God. He lived a magnetic life. The miracles of God were drawing people everywhere he went. His words were powerful. His words were life-changing. He lived a magnetic life, and he called us to do the same. How many of you are ready to live a magnetic life? I'm gonna show you how. We're gonna go to Luke chapter five and verse 17. It says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. The the amazing thing about this story is he's just teaching. And all of a sudden, look what happened. There were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. They're not even a miracle yet. So compelling were his words. So powerful was his presence that the enemies, the ones who hated and despised him and belittled him and looked down on him, they could not ignore his words. I want you to know when you speak the words of God, they may not like it. They may turn away from you, but they cannot deny there's something different about the word of God. People say, well, people don't want to hear my opinion. No, nobody does. I don't, people wanna hear mine. I wanna know what does God have to say? That's what makes the difference because the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It, It cuts between that soul and spirit and that bone and the marrow and it reveals the true intentions of the heart, amen? And we just bring the word of God and notice what it says here. They came out, what were they doing? They were listening to the voice of God. And guess what, when you listen to the voice of God, you become empowered. You say, I don't know what to do. Good. Now you're starting to learn. What does it mean to walk with God? I don't know what to do, God. I give up. Okay, God, I'm just going to be quiet for a little while and listen. Be still and know that I am God, the Bible says. 
Be still and know that I am God. See, God doesn't work in a bunch of clatter in our head. He waits to be still, so he's the voice that you hear. You hear yourself so much, you get confused. Right? You're like the guy going in both directions. Like, you remember that cartoon cat dog? Cat on one end, dog on the other. I mean, I, what a brilliant cartoon. I would, you know, now that I'm off subject a little bit, I was thinking today how happy people were before mirrors. Because before mirrors, you thought everybody was ugly but you. Have you ever thought about this? I was in the mirror, looking in the mirror, and I'm going, you know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, I don't know what happened. And I said, you know what, before mirrors, I, I, if I didn't have a mirror, I'd go, I think I look good all the time. But here's a brilliant thing. The Bible says when, we, when a man turns away from mirror, he, he forgets what he saw. So now I looked in the mirror and I said, good Lord, what happened? And now I feel really good about myself because I don't have that image stuck in my head. Guess what image you need in your head? The Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit of God. See, we go from glory to glory to glory and on into glory. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces are beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. And we're being changed from glory to glory to glory until finally one day God takes us into glory. You see, if you're going to be magnetic in your life, you're going to have to reflect and reflect on life and seek the wisdom of God. Have you taken time just to stop long enough to reflect on your life? Give God the glory for what you got instead of bellyaching about what you don't have right, or, or complaining about what's going on in the world. Just, God, thank you for what I've got. Develop contentment in your life, and then say, God, now I need wisdom. How do I live my life today? You can't, you can't get an answer for that for the rest of your life. You've got to do that on daily doses, amen? You've got to say, God, what do I do today? You see, and then what you do, you expect, you expect the impossible to happen in your life. I've said this, I'll keep saying it, ever since we started this church, you have to expect a miracle every day in your life. And you're looking for it. Remember, you can't see what you don't seek. If you're seeking out depression and pain and hurt, I promise you, you will find it. And you'll find it with people. You'll get a whole community group of them. You can form a whole, you can go see Bethany. said, we'd like to form a group on complainers. And, and what do you want to do? We don't even need curriculum. We're just going to sit around and gripe and bellyache and talk about what's wrong in the world. And Bethany says, that's great. How, who's the leader? We don't even need a leader. We're all going to be leaders. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you find what you seek. If you seek out God, you're going to find God. You seek out power and love, you're going to find power and love. Amen? Now, you've got to unlock your faith. Got to unlock your faith. Look at what it says here, continuing in the story, Luke chapter 5, 17 and 18. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, I assume that that statement was made because the power of the Lord was not always present to heal them. The Holy Spirit was very specific in making that phrase in that particular area. You see, there were some cities that Jesus did no miracles in. Do you realize that? You see, because there is a cumulative presence of God that happens when we inhabit his praises. Right? When the praises of God, God comes in and God just shows up and you say, God, I just, the presence feels thick with God. And it says here, the power of the Lord was present. How many of you want the, pre the power of the Lord to be present in this place? Well, some of you do. Well, I, I don't know what the rest of you, I don't want the power of the Lord to be present. Let me ask this one more time and see if you're awake and see you know what's going on. How many of you want the power of the Lord to be present today? 
You know, sometimes people will come out of a service and they'll say, nobody prayed for me, but I got healed. How'd that happen? Power of the Lord was present in that moment, did something that we didn't even ask him to do, but you walk into the power and the presence of God. Look what happens, I love this story. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Only men would come up with this plan. The guy can't walk, they said, let's not even carry him, let's just leave him in the bed, we're gonna tote the whole bed and everything, go see Jesus. Only guys would come up with this plan. You know, women would say, let's find another way. You know, it'd be a lot smarter. But guys, no, let's just pull the bed out of his house. Now think about this. The guy's in his house. This is not the guy on the street on a blanket. This is a guy in his house because it's a bed. They pull the bed out. They haul him, who knows? I don't know whether it's a mile or 10 miles to go see Jesus. And the whole way, these guys are looking at each other's eyes. It's gonna happen today. We're gonna see Jesus gonna happen today, we're gonna see Jesus. You see, if we see Jesus, things start to happen, amen? We're gonna see Jesus, and, uh, and they're gonna lay him before him. You see, you know what I found out is that desperation increases faith. Have you ever been speeding and then saw a policeman? Have you ever noticed how effective you are in praying? Dear God, I pray that you would blind him temporarily. Why is it? Because desperation... When you get sick, have you ever noticed that you pray more? Do you realize that sometimes God allows us to go through certain things in order to increase our faith? You see, God is more concerned about making you like him than he is about making you happy on a daily basis. Because if you get like him, you're gonna be filled with joy. And that's always gonna be better. Amen? The joy of the Lord then becomes your what? Your strength. Amen? Faith is never satisfied. It always seeks more. When you taste faith, when you taste, when you see the hand of God, when you experience God, have you ever noticed how you just want more of God? I want more of God. I, man, I read in the Bible and I, I saw this and you say, I gotta read in the Bible more. You know, there, there's two ways to read the Bible. Let, let me just set this up like this. Suppose that, um, and, and this is operating by the law or operating by the spirit, and I'm gonna show you this. You come up to a guy and you go, hey, have you read your Bible today? He goes, no, I haven't. Man, I thought you were a Christian. You should read your Bible. Why don't you read your Bible? You walk away. What's your thought? I'm never going to read my Bible. Another guy comes up to you and goes, hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. What's been going on? Oh, man, I'm, you're not going to believe this. I was reading the book of Ezekiel, and, man, there's these wheels spinning, and angels flying, and things are happening. I don't even know, man. I, I, I can't talk to you right now. i got to go read my Bible. Which motivates you to read the Bible? i got, I got to go. If I can find the book of Ezekiel, I'm going to read it. Amen. <laughs> Why? Because you see, you're moving in the, in, the, in the realm of the spirit. It's the tree of life that's life-giving. It's not law. It's not religion. You know, you say, well, you think we should read your Bible? Yeah, I think you should. But you're going to have to make that decision. I can't make that one for you, amen? You see, you got to move in the direction of your miracle. What miracle do you want to see? What are you trusting God for right now that if God doesn't do, you're sunk? Hmm. Got quiet. You gotta say, I wanna see, I wanna move in that direction. I'm not gonna move away from it. Well, I don't think God's gonna do that. Well, he won't. Good to see you all out there. I got good news for the doc people. 
all right? I've never called you the dock people before, but you're now the dock people, all right, in our overflow area here. We've got a plan. We've just, uh, we've already got the part of the plans back, and we're going to expand that whole thing, take it back right about where that camera is, and open that whole section up, and, it, and we're going to increase our seating overall in the, whole, in the building by about 220 people. Don't clap too hard. You're going to pay for it. All right, now let's see here. <laughs> All right, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now, some of you going, you were saying amen, now you're saying oh me. All right, now listen. Ephesians 3:20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, now, here, now here's, here's how you play this out. Think what would be the greatest thing that God could do in your life and then double it. That's what that scripture's saying. You see, I'm gonna take what you think and I'm gonna do exceedingly. I'm gonna do abundantly. I'm gonna do above all that you could even ask or think about. Wow. How does he do that? According to the power that works in you. See, that's why it's important to have your spirit, your spirit alive with God. It's important to feed your spirit and, 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 and your soul and your mind with the word of God and just get in, in, just in, in, engulfed in the power of God, amen? Now, let me show you. If you're gonna be a magnetic, live a magnetic life, you have to refuse to give up. Refuse to give up. Now, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy. You kind of fold under the weight of what's going on. When I was a kid, there was a kid that lived down the street. He's about four years older than me. His name was Billy Kneff. My dad always called him Billy Bump. I don't even know why I called him Billy Bump. But Billy Bump was uh, an unusually large human being. I'm not small, but he was bigger. And uh, I was about in fifth grade, and I said something smart aleck to Billy Bump, which was not unusual for me to lose control of my mouth. But anyway, <laughs> Billy Bump uh, said uh, he wanted to fight me. And now Billy Bump weighed, and I'm being conservative, Billy Bump in about eighth grade weighed probably 350. And he was about 6'1 or 2. He looked like somebody's dad. Are you with me on this? Do you remember those guys? They were like, like I don't know, offspring of Bigfoot or something. You know, I don't know where they came from. So Billy Bump came down, and, and I, he wanted to fight me, and I said, okay, I'll fight you in my front yard. See, I was smart enough to know that if things went south, my mom would come out and help me out. <laughs> See, if you're gonna get in a fight, you wanna make sure you got some backup. Are you, you know what I'm talking about? So I got out there and, and I attacked Billy Bump with all of my energy. I mean, I flew into him and, uh, and it was like bouncing off of a wall. <laughs> he knocked me down, he sat on my chest and then he took my fingers. You know what it is to milk the mouse when you take and put the finger and push the finger back like that? If you haven't experienced that, let your neighbor do it for you right now. And I was crying like a baby. I cried out loud enough my mama could hear. She came running out with a broom, whacked old Billy on the head, and sent him down the road. What's the moral of the story? You need backup. Don't try to do the Christian life by yourself. You know? If your mom ain't handy with the broom, then get her brother or sister in Christ and say, I need some backup to live out my life. Amen. Can you say amen? Now, let's see how the story goes. Here We're back to the guys in the bed. It says here in verse 19, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop. That was probably Cody's idea. He's a roofer. Get on the housetop and let the bed down through the tiling in the midst of Jesus. Now, imagine this scene. 
Now they got a bed they've hauled who knows how far out of the poor guy's house. He's laying there, helpless, can't help them. Now they got to say, how do we get him up on the roof without dropping him? I mean, just think logistically how this thing is working. They're going, well, look, it's too crowded in the door. We're going to get up there, and we're going to take the guy's house that's hosting the Jesus party. We're going to pull all his tiles loose. How does this guy feel? I always, I always like to take the story and go, what all was going on in everybody's head when this was going on? They're taking the tiles off. Now, I don't know how they let the guy down. I assume that they let him down leg first, head first, I'm assuming the bed didn't go with him. I don't know. I'm just watching this scene. And if you're Jesus, what do you see? Now look what the scriptures is. It tells exactly what happened. It says, they let him down the tiling before Jesus, and he saw their faith. He didn't see the faith of the crippled man. Are you seeing this? He saw their faith. Anybody, here's what Jesus reasoned. Anybody that would carry a man on a bed get him up on the roof, take the tiles off the roof because they were so convinced that I could heal him, I'm gonna heal him. But not because of that guy's faith. It doesn't even talk about his faith. It talks about the faith of his friends. You talk about backup. You got the kind of friends that'll take you up on a roof, take the tiles off, lower you down because they so believe in the power of Jesus. If you don't, you need some guys like that, some women in your life like that. When he saw their faith, he said to them, your sins are forgiven you And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise up, take your bed, and go to your house. That's a heck of a story. Heck of a story. What was going through this guy's? Man, I, I guarantee you, the guy that was healed, he was carrying some other beds around the neighborhood. He was telling some other people about Jesus. He was he was accessing the power of God. He was moving in the power and the presence of God. I guarantee that. And I'm going to guarantee this. If you've been touched by God in your life, you need to be carrying some beds. You need to be loosening some tiles. You need to be back up for somebody because that's what the Christian community, how it works. That's how the community of faith works. Amen. You see, and and what we see in there was persistence unlocks doors. If you're persistent in the kingdom of God, you'll be surprised how many miracles you see. You say, well, I haven't had any miracles. Are you persistent? Well, not really. Well, there might be a connection, right? Persistence. And faith changes everything. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to come to God. But he, Because he must believe that he is. Are you ready for this next part? It's the book of Hebrews. And he is a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. See, God's a rewarder, God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, where would you be? It's not faith that's subjective. Oh, I feel kind of faithy today. No, it's this. Faith is objective. It's my faith in God, the God of the Bible. If if I'm going to have objective faith in the God of the Bible, i got to know the Bible. Doesn't that make sense? i got to find out what God's up to. I I talked to a new guy, uh, a fairly new Christian, and he said, man, I don't even know where to start reading. I just started reading Genesis. I said, that's going to work for a while, and then you're going to hit like Leviticus. And you go, oh, my, what, what happened here? So, you know, you know and, and I tell you that because sometimes people don't know where and how to read the Word of God. Right now we're doing discipleship training. We have about 130 or 40 people that are going through weekly training and discipleship. 
And uh, we're gonna unleash people who can disciple people one-on-one or in small groups. And we just want you to know that if you say, I don't even know how to read my Bible, I don't know where to go, we're gonna, we're gonna provide help for you. You know, you say, well, I don't have time. You do have time. You just gotta take some time away from another time. Faith changes everything. Do you know the greatest miracle on planet Earth is when someone goes from, from death to life, from darkness to light, from unsaved to saved, from unborn to born. It's called the new birth. It's called salvation. It's called meeting God in eternity. It's the greatest miracle on earth. It's a greater miracle than being healed of a physical ailment. Because guess what? You can get healed of a physical ailment, still die. But you get, you get healed of, in your, of, your, of your soul, you live forever. How about, is that good? That's good. So I wanna, let's all stand together right now. And uh, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray a prayer of salvation. Some of you are uncertain if you know the Lord. Some of you say, I definitely have never prayed and received Christ. So whichever camp you might be in, some of you might have brought a friend and say, you know, he doesn't know Lord, she doesn't know Lord, but I'd really like to, I'd really like to have them, them have a God encounter today. So I'm gonna pray this prayer. And then I also want to follow up. Following this service, we're going to have a baptism service outside. And we've got some people already lined up that want to be baptized. But if today you want to be baptized, we have shirt, shorts, towel. We have everything you need to get dunked. All right? We have a beautiful horse trough outside that we use. You know, somebody said, are we ever going to get in something nicer? I said, well, yeah, we upgraded this one a couple of years ago. It's a brand new one. You just can't beat the horse trough. Brings it down to reality, amen? So I'm gonna pray this prayer right now. Are you ready? All right, just, I want you, everybody to say this prayer. It'll make it more comfortable for those who have not yet prayed it. Uh, and it won't hurt you a bit, but let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that you were buried, you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Save me, Lord Jesus. Give me your spirit that I might walk in power and love and teach me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let me ask you something. How many of you prayed that prayer today? Would you just lift your hand up? God bless you, amen, amen. You know what Jesus said? If you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. You realize confessing your faith before men seals your salvation. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing, isn't it?